0: Hey, Stacey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. I'm glad our guest is in L.A. and not here because I uh, I broke a bottle of tequila and wine in a parking lot and had to shovel it off to the side with my shoes. So I smell a little suspect right now.
1: <laughs> how dare you?
0: Well, and again, you're in casual clothes today, so no picture today. So that's working out I well. Know, okay. Both, I know, so I know. It's all working in my favor. My husband's 40th birthday party is tonight, and I was stocking up on supplies. So um, it's all working out. It's all working out. I um, always do. Now it's tonight, not tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is the party. Got it. Okay, May the May the Fourth. May the Fourth be with you. There um you but yeah, I'm excited about today's guest. I um, feel like what she has going on is really relevant to a lot of our listeners. Um, and so today on Women on the Rise. It's, wait, Stacey, how did how did you meet this? <laughs> you know, I think that's the fun part of being an entrepreneur and getting out there and hustling after your dreams because like, people come out of the woodwork to to help you and introducing you to some really cool people. Uh, a guy I went to, let's see, I know I went to elementary school with him. I, I can remember riding on the bus with him. I can't remember. I think he went to my high school as well and went to zoo, which is where I went. But I hadn't seen him in maybe, gosh, 20 years. Uh, yeah. He is married to a sorties sister of mine. But, you know, reached out and said, hey, I know this awesome woman. I'd love to connect you with her. And so it's just one of those fluky things that turns out to be a really cool opportunity. I feel very blessed to have these kind of opportunities. So a yeah, good it's so people great. connecting the dots. Perfect. Okay. Well, without further ado, today on Women on the Rise, we have Lindsay Williams, who has had a super successful career in marketing within the music industry for the past 10 years, from Universal Music Group to the Recording Academy, which, for those of you that don't know, that's the Grammy Awards people. She has built her <laughs> career as a social media and digital marketer. She worked at the Recording Academy for six years and helped Grammy Awards become the most social television entertainment event, next only to the Super Bowl.
1: Pa- I and her- didn't know that
0: was, I'm going to pause you. That's a really big statistic. I was not aware <laughs> of that. Micah, did you know that? No, I had no those- idea. That's I mean, incredible. I, it, it's believable, but I just hadn't, I hadn't thought about it. Mm-mm. Okay. Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt. Yeah. You. yeah. So Lindsay and her work in social and digital marketing have been featured in Billboard, Mashable, and HypeTrack. But this is where you want to listen up, listeners. Lindsay has a new venture called Be Diggable. Which, uh, Lindsay, can you just say a wee bit about what that is, about what Be Diggable is? And then I'd like to backtrack and ask you 475 questions yeah. about <laughs> working at the Grammy. Yes.
1: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And thank you so much for that intro. I'm so thrilled to be here and Stacey, I'm so glad that Ben connected us. Um, like you said, it's it's such a blessing to be able to, you know, make these connections and be able to, to grow in this way. Um, but yeah, so I've been in the music industry for 10 years and it's led me to a place where I am super passionate about helping um, females in business. And so I created Be Diggable to really empower women to own their stories and further, th- further their careers by building their personal brand so they can position themselves as thought leaders and, you know, potentially uncover new opportunities. Um, but essentially just really position themselves in a way that they should be seen because I think that. Many times we underestimate the value of our own personal brand because it seems kind of like an icky word, kind of like, wait, what does that even mean? And uh, I'm not a brand, and what do I even do? So um, I'm really excited. I I just recently launched it earlier this year, and um, I've already gotten some great feedback and really looking to continuing to grow this. And yeah, I love that you so, say that about
0: the personal brand side of things. We just had a workshop the other day with a lot of women asking questions about that topic specifically, and the feedback we kept hearing is, you know, I feel such, a, I feel like a narcissist having to get out there and tell everyone yeah. how I, I am. I think there's yep. a lot of um, fear and and misconceptions around what it means to really leverage your personal brand and have a brand. So I love that you're helping women around this topic. I think it's so needed. Oh, absolutely. As a psychotherapist, I think that, you know, feeling like a narcissist in your own marketing, um, I think it requires a healthy dose of narcissism, but it's not coming at the expense of others. I mean, you're getting yourself out there so that you can help other people (laughs) with the things that you have as gifts. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do feel like women have a hard time with that.
1: No, absolutely. I totally agree that I think, you know, as women, you know, um, we're a little bit more hesitant to maybe be very forthcoming with, you know, how proud we are of our accomplishments or being able to display some of those things because we want to be humble and we want to make sure that we're being, you know, we're coming across um, a certain way. However, I think with personal branding, and for me, what I'm really focused on is it's not about becoming an influencer because I think that that word kind of muddles the personal brand because I think some people get confused when they think personal brand, like, oh, well, I don't want to be an influencer. And that's not what my focus is in particular. It's not, oh, let's get you to a million followers. It's more about you have this, you are building a personal brand right now whether you know it or not. And how you're talking on LinkedIn, it's how you're what conversations you're engaging in on Twitter. It's what you're posting about on Instagram. So, it's about being more intentional about the way in which you are talking and speaking and also something that i'm really focused on is that it is about being authentic so it's not about oh yeah let me let me position this so it looks really nice and you know people almost think that it's too good to be true but that's why i focus on owning your story and that's kind of like the tagline for be diggable is all about owning your story because um, you know, it's not just about putting forth your business personality. It's not just putting forth your personal. It's like, how do you bring those two things together um, to have them complement each other?
0: Awesome. Yeah, and
1: I think your years in the music industry, and especially the Grammys, I mean, getting to meet these
0: superstars, I'm so in awe. I'm sure you've gotten to see the pros and cons and how people position themselves and yes. what has worked well versus what not so much. So let's Backtrack a little bit. How did you get involved in the Grammy? Sure.
1: So, you know, it's kind of funny with the fact that I'm getting into, um, you know, doing this with Be Diggable. I feel like I've always had a – I was always very conscious of a personal brand because I started out – I always say social media was my gateway into the music industry because I loved Mm -hmm. music and I wanted to get into um, the music industry and social was just really taking off. So my space was just starting to die down, but Twitter and Facebook were really taking off. And so they were like, we need someone to do social. And this is when I worked at um, Universal Music, and they were like, Lindsay, do you do it. And I was like, um, okay. So <laughs> I, was, I was very aware of um, how I was speaking and talking. I loved music, so I loved everything from boy bands to hip hop, so I talked about that. But then I was also passionate about tech, so I talked a lot about that too after I was at Universal for a few years, funny enough, I met my boss at the Grammys on Twitter. And, (laughs) yes, and the reason that happened was because I really used Twitter as a way for me to look and learn from all those people that I looked up to within the industry. So I just started following different people in the industry and I happened to come across my old boss, um, who was working in marketing at the Recording Academy and it was very organic it wasn't like I hit her up like hey can we meet I would love to chat it was it was I followed her she ended up calling me back every once in a while we would connect on something on Twitter and it was just one of those things where she ended up posting about the fact that there was a social media position open and I was like hey I'm I I'm interested in this and she was like oh my gosh yes send me your resume um and then kind of the rest is history
0: <laughs> wow! And so, so your marketing for the Grammys—does I'm picturing that as more of a behind-the-scenes role, or are uh-huh. you hanging out with Justin Timberlake? <laughs> well, that I really, really wish. the
1: Question of the day. Oh, of course. <laughs> Um, I really wish I was taking out with Justin Timberlake because I've been the biggest fan forever. However, I was not. (laughs) Um, I am, again, very blessed having worked at the Recording Academy, been able to be a part of so many incredible things, and obviously the main thing that everyone knows of is the Grammy Awards. There's actually quite a few things um, that that fall under the Recording Academy that happen all year round because people used to always ask me, oh, is it just a part-time job? Um, Hmm. But obviously the culmination of the Grammy Awards, I mean, just moments of being able to see like Adele rehearse before her performance or Prince walking backstage. I mean, so many pinch me moments that I was, if you had told my 15-year-old self, I would have never ever believed my 15-year-old self if you told me that's what I was going to be doing. However, it very much was a behind-the-scenes job in terms of, how we were positioning the recording academy um and the importance of how we were communicating what the recording academy was through social and digital.
0: So and I don't know, um I, I think there's probably several ways to quantify this and it's completely up to you. But what do you consider your most successful social or digital campaign?
1: And can sure. you tell us about it? Yeah, wow. I mean that's a that's a great question. And I think I think I will go back to the um, the note that you mentioned earlier about the fact that the Grammy Awards through, I think, yeah, throughout all the years that I was there was the most social television entertainment event just behind the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm really proud of that because of the fact that I really was focused on Making sure that what we did, especially when it came to live TV, that we were second to none um, in terms of leading the way of how we approach social media and live TV, because the conversation. So, for those for the quick, listeners that don't know, can you explain sure. what that means? The most social
0: television entertainment event.
1: Yes, absolutely. No, it's a great question. So basically, it means that the there is the most amount of social chatter <laughs> during a live event at. At that time, so of course, because the Grammys is the Grammys and it's one of the biggest events, the conversation is going to be happening with or without us, and that's what I try to speak about. And it kind of goes into your personal brand too, like whether you know it or not, it's happening. However, what we how we approached our social our live TV uh, uh, strategy was we really focused on how can we really stoke the flames. This conversation right. is already happening. What different pieces of content can we create? How we engage on, in the conversation? Um, what are the different things that we can do to make sure that more people are talking about this, which in turn more people are tuning in to watch? And that was our, always our ultimate goal. And so I think that with that, that's what I'm really proud of because when I look back to when I first started, I always laughed. Like social was very simple. It was like a text tweet and a couple posts on Facebook. By the time I left the Grammys, I mean, it was Snapchat. It was Instagram stories. It was Instagram live. It was Instagram boomerangs. It was Facebook live. It was Facebook video. It was Twitter video, Twitter gifs, Tumblr gifs. I mean, so to really be able to kind of grow as, as the space grew so quickly it's something that i'm really proud of um having been at the grammys because obviously it's such a big undertaking and i feel like i I actually always did look at it like the super bowl because it was like it was the big night it was the big event for me um you know every year so it's something that i definitely look back on with very fond uh memories
0: and I'm glad you're bringing that up, how it went from this very minor thing,
1: you know, one platform or what have you,
0: into Snapchat and this and that. I mean, that has yep. to be a little, you know, as a small business owner and being old and out of touch, I sometimes <laughs> feel like, how do I keep up and how do I do some of the things that you guys were able to do but understand that this is not something I can focus on
1: 24-7? Absolutely. No, and I think that that's the – You know, it's a really big challenge that I think a lot of small business owners have. And, again, even um, entrepreneurs, females in business, you know, all that kind of stuff that kind of goes back to um, how I approach when I'm I'm teaching clients about personal branding. Um, I always use the metaphor about looking at social media like a buffet. Um, You know, take those things that are going to work for you. You don't have to do everything because if you're trying to be – On every platform and super engaged on every platform it's just not going to work so choose the two to three platforms that are really going to work for you and focus on those and then once you get to a point where either you can expand your team or you have more time then you can grow from there but really focusing in because I think a lot of success that small business owners um, and again even you know, the, as you build your personal brand, um, the success they've seen is by identifying even, like, one platform that they're like, hey, I really like this. And they've, they've used it in a way that no one else has really used it before, and then that's how they've differentiated themselves. So I think that it definitely can be overwhelming, but there's a way to, you know, just start a little bit at a, at a time, and that will help you so tremendously.
0: Yeah. What do you, What do you think the two biggest mistakes – are that business owners make in using social media
1: that's a really great question i think probably i think that really is the first one is trying to be everything to everyone (laughs) so being on every platform like you know trying to keep up on every single platform and then probably the other thing is is almost the opposite where they're not using it at all you know Mm -hmm. i think that to your point, sometimes it can be so overwhelming so then they they are not even engaged at all. And maybe sporadically um and it's not consistent. So I think that it's it really probably is the extremes.
0: Right. And trying to be everything you know to everyone. I remember when I first when I first started my business um over twelve years ago, and I mean social media was pretty new and the idea of being authentic in your business felt kind of new, too. Um, and my mm-hmm. husband has degrees in marketing, which are probably completely irrelevant um, because I feel like so much in marketing and business has just dramatically changed over the last right. 10 to 15 years. Um, but I remember, I, I, and I'm a therapist, and so um, it was interesting, I just thought about how how I got into therapy and how I got into therapy you know when my mom asked me when I was younger do I want to see a therapist My, I mean if I could have said hell no I would have I mean like no, <laughs> no absolutely right not. Um, but in high school I had a friend whose mom was a therapist and she was just Linda and I yeah. over the course of hanging out with her just getting to know Linda and realizing that when I when she asked me things like why did you move to St. Louis and I would come back with so I got, I moved here because of my parents' divorce. She didn't co- recoil, like, she didn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole and change the subject. And right. I was like, wow, Linda is really easy to talk to. And so I knew mm-hmm. that online, I just wanted to be Micah. Yeah. And I wanted the people to be able to connect with me. And I remember my husband reading some of my first blogs, and he was like, uh, are you <laughs> sure you want to be this not professional in your blog? Right. Said, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I want to do. <laughs>
1: yep. No, and I really was like, yeah. what? there is these, you know, we're at a tipping point where we're dancing between these two worlds of the overly curated, where, mm-hmm. every, where you know, a lot of people are so focused on, you know, showing only the best parts. However, yeah. to your point about being authentic, I what I have seen with a lot of small business owners and females in business is, they they get way more engagement um, yeah. by telling their real story. So that's what I've tried to start doing with be diggable more is, as you guys know, it's a challenge starting your own business. It's a challenge to you know be the one person doing everything. And I've tried to really reflect that as well to talk about hey, there are these challenges, but here's how I work through them. Here's how I'm um, kind of overcoming them. And people relate way more to that than it is about I am the perfect business owner and I know exactly what to do all the time. Yep. <laughs> you know, right. people want to feel that connection, and that's, again, really something that I want to um, and I try to educate to my clients about is, hey, there are going to be the days where you're winning, right, and you get to post that great photo. But there's also going to be those days where you need to connect with people, too, to share, um, you know, those different challenges. And that's where the connection really happens. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're really I,
0: lucky to be in a time with,
1: you know, Brene Brown and people
0: like Brene Brown. Yep. such popularity that it, it, it's something that, you know, it's finally becoming more normalized and just encouraged to take that moment to be vulnerable because I, I think you're right. People are sick of the polish button up all the time, perfect, because, no, it's unattainable. And so then yeah. it just gets to the place where you don't even want to do it because I am not perfect, you know. So how yep. can I do it if everything she's doing is perfect? So I, I really appreciate that you're – because it's it's a scary thing to do. I think while I know it and while, um, you know, having my degree in – counseling and all that stuff but to do it is not always the easiest and so i appreciate that you're out there supporting women to to take that leap and show behind the curtain well i think it can oh. feel really counterintuitive you know and i've gotten mm-hmm. it's so interesting because it, i feel like the more that you're on online and and in in the social media world you just you get this really great feedback almost instantly about what works and yes. what people relate to and what they don't and so mm-hmm. i've almost gotten to a point where if i feel like This thing happened in my life, and I don't want anyone to know about it. That's the thing I should probably post online. And over a year ago, I wrote an article called My 4-Year-Old Spit on the Babysitter, and I told her she was a good girl. And it's my most popular article. And, I mean, I came home, and the babysitter was completely mortified. My kid had spit on the babysitter. I'm a marriage and family therapist. And my instant thought was, I don't want anyone to know about this ever. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. But writing about how I think about it and how I dealt with it, um, it was my most popular Facebook post, my most popular HuffPost article, and it got an incredible amount of engagement and feedback. Um, But it's a real – you really have to, like, flip your brain around, like, about how you think about how you want to portray yourself. Absolutely. And then do your customers yeah. really give you some pushback on that? I can imagine that that's something that's not always the easiest to teach.
1: Um, oh, how's that going? Absolutely. Well I think especially um because I, I, I work a lot with female executives, so like V P and above, I think they they definitely are very aware and used to, you know, presenting their best foot forward. But I think that um, again, the the engagement that we see the highest, and not just engagement, but the connection, the um the understanding is when you know there are they are able to communicate like the challenges as well and i think of course there's a very fine line but there's definitely a way to share it because another reason why i really wanted to focus on female executives aside from the fact that i really think that they should own their stories because i think that we we need more female executives owning their stories and moving into those corner offices but i think also um, these female executives being able to to teach, you know, the, the next generation and you know educate them. There was um, um, a girl who used to work for me, who I absolutely love. She gave me a really great example. She was like, yeah, you know, I listened to this podcast and it was this, you know, female executive that I really really loved. And I and as soon as I finished it, I was like, oh, I want to go follow her on social media. And she's like, I went to her accounts and there was nothing there was no activity there was nothing going on so um you know i think that that's why i try to really communicate that to my clients is it's so important to be able to share all those wins but i think it's even more important to almost show like how you got there was clearly probably not the easiest road or even now it's a challenge because i think there's this other myth especially for females of like you know the, the idea of balance and you can have it all but sometimes mm-hmm. guess what it's like really really difficult and yeah. of course there's not going to be days that are going to be easy but you know there are going to be sacrifices or there are going to be decisions that you're going to, you're going to have to make that are difficult but um, you you know you can do it you can achieve it mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm on the
0: website um, at Com, which Stacey mm-hmm. you have to look at because they're branding oh, her, brand- wow. her branding matches Rise Classius. I it has it's a similar color purple. scheme
1: I yes,
0: love it. instant love. And, I, and before you ask your question, I just want to explain a little bit more on this executive because we did not mention that early on. We were coming at it from an angle of small business owners, but it sounds yes. like your your focus is really on women executives, and I would assume in more of corporate, so to speak, which is yeah. the case. I love that because, uh, you know, I've done a lot of public speaking, and one of the things I talk about is how, you know, I can remember being at school, in college, and thinking I either want to be a CEO of some company or a principal of a high school, so when I googled CEO, all of was was, yeah, was that's like the white men. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so exactly. So, so no. I love that you've yes. made this your area of focus to to really try to help more women. Because you can't be what you can't see, right? And so that this is something Absolutely. that you're trying to make more um, relevant and exposed and aware, people aware of other women doing it. Exactly, yes. and that's. I'm curious about why, and, and maybe I'm just not understanding, but why do women exec, executives need a personal brand?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, again, my, why I'm so passionate about the fact that I really want to help female executives build their personal brand is because I really feel that they should be telling their story so they can position themselves as the thought leaders they are. Got it. You As a female executive, you have built – your brand already, right, through networking, through working your butt off, by getting to the place you are because of your relationships. But where we're at today with culture, and it's not changing anytime soon, is your personal brand extends online. And you have to be aware of that. And you have to be in connection with that. Just like networking is important and relationships are important, your social and digital profiles are an extension of that. And that's where you can build relationships. That's where you can continue to do the work that you're doing already within business. So that's why I'm very passionate about wanting to help female executives understand that connection and why it's important for them to have a personal brand.
0: It's so interesting because I know so many female executives who have almost zero work presence online, at least from what I can see. And the people who I feel like, I've thought, you know, more about in terms of having a personal brand or people with their own businesses, or you know, like myself, I kind of am my business. So I've really only thought about personal brand in terms of entrepreneurs, Um, but I hadn't really considered the importance of women executives having a personal brand, and it makes a whole lot of sense. uh, And begs the question, like, why aren't why aren't more people doing it?
1: No, absolutely, and I think to your point too. I, it's it's very natural when you're an entrepreneur and a small business owner because you're you're grinding and you're and you're you know you're growing your business, so you're making sure that you are building that brand. Um, and I think because of the fact that there are so many challenges when it comes to what you can and can't talk about when you're an executive attached yeah. to your company, that I think a lot of times executives will just stay away from anything that has to relate to it and again working in social media at companies i was the one that was helping build out the social strategy however i think it's just because there is that misconception of like well what can i talk about what can i talk about and i think that for me as well along with wanting to position yourself as a thought leader is also you're more than your resume and yeah you need to own your story because You may be a female executive working in tech, but maybe you also DJ on the side, you know, (laughs) and you should talk about that. Um, You know, maybe you work in fashion, but you really love, you know, you're very um, uh, passionate about pet adoption. You know, like those are things that actually make you who you are and own your story, and that's why I think that by being able to build your personal brand, you can also uncover other opportunities that you probably never even knew could exist Because um, if you're talking about those things as well online, like you don't know the connections you're going to make. You don't know someone says, oh, hey, I, I do this as well. I would love to collaborate with you. Or, hey, would love you to have come be a speaker over here. So there's just different things that I think can really happen when you are understanding and being intentional about your personal brand.
0: Yeah, and I like that you bring up the whole speaker piece. You know, we're putting on a big conference this summer, and we were contemplating a person to be a keynote speaker, and they're they're amazing. I mean, there's no question what they've accomplished in their career. It has been unbelievable. But their mm-hmm. online presence had nothing, you know. Right. And so, yep. you know, while I verbally know how fabulous they are, that social proof, that I need for my guests to be able to sign and see, really made me pause and, and wonder if this is the right speaker for us. Uh, right. So, you know, and, and to her to fairness for this person, they've been busy doing really cool things and focusing yes. on their career and not necessarily yes. needing that social presence. But I did find that yep. really interesting, and I'm sure she's not the only one who has done yep. incredible things, but, you know, because they're not taking that active choice or taking that, you know, making that choice, that yeah. yeah. people
1: just don't understand just how amazing they really are. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, when I speak about Be Diggable and I focus on, you know, when I'm teaching clients about why it's important, I say that the three things is we demystify. So, first of all, we just demystify what personal brand even means. And we, you know, it's a very loaded word and we, we're able to mm-hmm. explain why it's important. Being able to clarify then, you know, what your personal brand could be. Um, and the potential of it, and then be able to really, um, you know, simplify how you can approach it. Because you first have to understand that it's important for you then to, to invest in the resources that you'll need to keep it up, whether it's, you know, having someone do it part-time. And that's why we also offer services to our clients of being able to then help them manage their their presence. Because we know, number one, the strategy is is A challenge, like, what do I even do? And the second thing is, well, I don't have the time. So Hmm. being able to, you know, help them with both is very important for us.
0: Yeah. I feel like we could talk about personal brand and social media for hours and hours and end. (laughs) What do you think, quick questions, or do you have another question for her? I have one question, and then we're going to go to the quick, quick, quick. Oh, shoot, what was that? I was, like, ramping up. (laughs) What? Uh, one more question. What do you feel like is the biggest um we've talked about like biggest mistakes, but what do you feel like is a misconception in terms of I, I mean I maybe maybe we should focus this on female executives. Um what's the biggest misconception about social marketing or digital marketing? Hmm.
1: Probably the biggest misconception is I would think to our original point when we first started the conversation is, you know, if you are heavily engaged, then you are narcissistic or you're not being humble. Like if you're using it in that way, then, you know, you're fake. And I think that that's, I think because we are, you know, watching these influencers of the world, like, become so famous on Instagram and they get paid tons, we're just kind of like we're trying to almost distance ourselves from that. And I think that there's a way in which you can live in that world, but you can live next to that world. you don't have to be in that world of the kind of influencer and the the overly curated world um and actually, that's why i one of the blogs that I wrote for our website was about curating your social feeds for joy because I think that so much we're we do look at other people or we we're following celebrities or things like that that when we're constantly reminded of what we're not, or you know, wow, this person is very negative. It's 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 a reminder that you can create a world within your social ecosystem that is more inspiring and joyful, and you have to make that um, a focus and an intention because you need to curate that.
0: Yeah. Wow. Really good pointers. Okay. Okay. Quick questions.
1: So sure. in this
0: round. We just ask some kind of this or that questions and you pick one. Or we listen to you struggle to pick one. Um great. And so the first question is if you're on a walk, are you listening to a podcast or Grammy Award winning music?
1: <laughs> you know what? That's a great question. I I mean you if you asked me a year ago it would have been focused on music, but I think that I've been so focused on Building be diggable that it's all podcast recently. <laughs> it's all yeah. um, What's your favorite? You know, yeah, I have two favorites. Um, Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy mm-hmm. is absolutely fabulous. She does a fantastic job um, educating. And then the other one is uh Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger Podcast. Um mm-hmm. those two have really been an incredible inspiration as I've been building my business. Yeah, I, I love Amy Porterfield.
0: And I can find yes. the gold
1: digger one. The, you know, oh, amazing. Yeah, I think she recently went viral. There was something she that did. Happened. Yeah. Yeah, yep, she did.
0: Awesome. Okay, so podcast.
1: Um, if you had to choose, morning or night? Night. I'm a night owl all day long. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> Beer or wine?
1: Wine. Wine, girl. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, when you work out, hip-hop or Pop. oh geez these are like my two worlds um man i i can i feel like i can't choose one because it's probably uh a playlist that has a combination of the both yeah okay okay
0: Uh, see i am like hardcore hip-hop
1: gangster rap
0: when I'm working <laughs> for, for the workout. And my husband is it. like, yep. What are you listening to? Yes. I and mean, I just I need all that masculine energy when I'm working yep. out to keep going. Yep. That's funny. Okay, Yeah, okay. I actually really need to hear your playlist, Lindsay. I feel like you probably have the best playlist out there. In terms of pop well, you know so, and hip hop.
1: Yes. And you know what's so funny is my husband works in music too and we actually met working in music. I thought I loved music until I met him, so he's like the playlist king. So like I'll have to send you. A week. Yeah. Oh shoot. Hello. Hello. Oh my oh, gosh. Sorry, I got cut out again. No worries. Your husband. Yeah. Your husband
0: is the playlist king. Was the last thing we heard.
1: Yes. Yes, my husband is a playlist king. We actually got married last year. So our wedding playlist that he made on Spotify is, like, my go-to playlist all the time. Nice. Uh, like, it has everything, which is awesome.
0: This sounds like a great social media post for you.
1: Oh, putting, up, putting up your playlist. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. I need to do that.
0: Okay. Uh, sleep or
1: sex? Oh, jeez. Um, I love my sleep, but hey, I can't. I can't deny that. I I gotta go with sex. Okay, okay. <laughs> Lucky
0: guy. Uh, high
1: heels or flats? You know what? I'm a tall girl, so I, I I gotta do the flats.
0: Yeah. How tall are you?
1: I'm five nine, five ten. So mm-hmm. when I'm in heels, people are like, "Whoa, you're tall!" Because I'm about six foot. <laughs>
0: right. Say hey, night in or night out?
1: Um, ooh, you know what? Recently I love just doing a night in. Yeah. Yep.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and letting us get to the heart of you and all your endeavors. Um. We so appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Can you let everybody know where to find you and how to get in touch with you?
1: yes absolutely um you can follow me um through b diggable so it's just at b Be diggable b e d i g a b l e um across twitter instagram and facebook um and yeah we actually have two um i'm doing two free personal branding workshops coming up in l a um which i'm really excited about one on may sixteenth and one on june twentieth so um, definitely keep an eye out on Be Diggable. We've got a lot of exciting things coming, hopefully a potential podcast in our future. So uh, we'll have to nice. keep you guys updated.
0: Yeah, and I love the name Be Diggable. I think it's so great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. So we'll put links to all of that in our show notes. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you liked it, loved it, were entertained by it, please consider taking a minute and clicking a five-star rating for Women on the Rise podcast on iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you want to learn more about Rise Collaborative Workspace, go ahead and check out our website at riseworkspace.com. And to register for my next free training for busy couples so you can feel less like roommates, head to www.micaeloss.com. We hope we've inspired you to rise a little more today. Talk soon.